in the book of Genesis, in the book of Genesis, it reads uh, 2.18. Now the Lord God said, it is not good, sufficient, satisfactory, that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper meet, suitable, adapted, complementary for him. 2 Corinthians 6.14 says, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Do not make mismatched alliances with them or come under a different yoke with them, inconsistent with your faith. For what partnership have right living and right standing with God with iniquity and lawlessness? Or how can light have fellowship with darkness? Mm. 2 Corinthians 6.14, now we're going to Ephesians 4 and 2. Living as becomes you, with complete lowliness. You're right, little baby. You can say, yeah, you ready. <laughs> lowliness of mind, humility and meekness, unselfishness, gentleness, mildness, with patience, bearing with one another and making allowances because you love one another. Lord, be with me as I bring a word for your people. Don't allow me to try to duplicate or imitate 8 o'clock. Allow me to walk in your revelation because you are having me to preach something I have not walked in. But thank you for your knowledge and your wisdom. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. I want to speak to you from the subject as you take your seat. Before you say, I do. Before you say, I do. <laughs> Before you walk down the aisle to somebody, if you ain't been there, or if you've been there and backed up in reverse and got to go there again, before you stand there and wait on someone, we're going to talk about what you need to do to prepare yourself uh, for marriage. Uh, let, let, let me talk to you for a minute. The Bible says one can set a thousand to flight, two can set 10,000. And so when you walk in a covenant relationship, it is so much power that you walk in when you're in agreement. The Bible also says a threefold cord is not easily broken. That's you, your spouse, and the Holy Spirit wrapped around each other. You know how you, you try to twist your hair with two? Come on, women, let me talk to you. You got to put that third braid in there to make it tight, you know what I'm saying? It, it keeps it tight. It keeps it together. You can't make your braid tight with only two of them. You got to have three. Come on, somebody. You got to have a three-strand cord, and it's not easily broken. But I want to talk about this because so many times we don't talk about wealth. We don't talk about money. We don't talk about sex. We don't talk about a lot of different things that the world always talks about. And some of our children walk away being perverse because they're taught by the world and not receiving it at church because we call it taboo. And the funny thing is the devil attacks us in health and wealth and more than anything we do because if you're not healthy, you will lose your money. If you don't have money, you will lose your health. And God said he wishes of all things that you be prosperous and in good health, even as your soul prospers. Why? Because by God said, I bless those who bless you, I curse those who curse you, and through this covenant, all generations are going to be blessed. And so he wants to make you a blessing, but the devil continues to fool the church to make us think we're supposed to walk in lack and poverty. Oh, yeah, y'all don't want to hear me. But, but anyway, for so long, this practical aspect... Uh, uh, the practical aspects of this subject have not been dealt with in the church. Two people assume because they're Christians and, uh, they, and they're attracted to each other, they will automatically make suitable marriage partners. 
However, there is more to consider in the process of getting to know someone. There are many questions and conversations that must take place in order to gain more knowledge and understanding about a person. In other words, getting to know someone is a vital part of making a wise decision where a mate is concerned. I know I heard some miraculous stories about somebody saw each other in the camp. They knew they were supposed to get married. They got married in the work. But don't try that at home. <laughs> All right? See, the spouse we choose greatly impacts the areas, many areas of our lives. One area that is greatly impacted is God's will for our lives. Our marriage partner will affect our calling. Everyone not called to preach and pastor, but you have a calling. You, you, you couldn't have made it to clerk of, clerk if, clerk of court if, if your husband wasn't with you. Come on, somebody, because you, you got a campaign and you got your whole life be taken up. If you have somebody who's selfish, it won't work. Can I talk to you for a minute? First of all, you cannot marry a selfish person and effectively serve a selfish God. God already said Come on, somebody. God said, you ain't going to put no other God before me. You ain't going to put anything before me. So God already tell you that he's selfish and he's jealous. So you can't marry a selfish and jealous person and serve a selfish and jealous God. It's just not going to happen because they're going to always be in competition with each other. You have to find someone that compliments your call. Oh, come on, somebody. Yeah, I'm, 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 see, see, see. You, 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 you got to consider a whole bunch of stuff. You, the spouse, see, when you're considering, when you're considering uh, and discovering God's will for our lives, for your lives, you, we must be sure to choose a spouse who will complement the call, but, 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 but it's important to discuss it with our potential mate early on. See, see it's, it's a great uh, pastor uh, by the name of Charles Stanley in Atlanta, a great man of God great teacher, great preacher. Amen. Yes, y'all know him exactly. He's, he's great. And he, he received his call after he was married. And so his wife said she didn't sign up to be no pastor's wife. Oh, yeah, yeah, right? And so she divorced him, and then he was going to go before the church, and he went to the, to the trustees and the deacons and said he's going to sit down because he's about to get a divorce. And they said, you didn't cheat on your wife. You didn't do anything wrong. Your wife just don't want to be with you because you are pastor, so you will be all right. Don't sit down. Continue to pastor, right? So what, what am I saying? You have to know exactly where you're going before you connect with someone because if they can't go with you, it ain't going to work. I don't care how powerful a boat is, if it's tied to the dock, it's not going to go anywhere or it's going to destroy itself trying to get away. And can I tell you, some of us are connected to people, hopefully the ring ain't on it yet. They are just anchors in our lives and holding us back because they're too selfish and they don't complement our call. Ooh, oh, yeah, I ain't here to make everybody feel good today. Yeah, my, 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 my knee hurt and I want you to hurt too. I'm hate. <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> I'm just tripping. <laughs> Whom you choose to marry also affects your family. For example, when you have and your spouse have children, you can't change who the parents are. Your baby daddy gonna always be your baby daddy. Your baby mama always gonna be your baby mama. 
And when you're not connected and in agreement with spiritual aspects, it's going to affect how you raise your children. It'll be hard to minister them effectively when you walk in unequally yoked with an unbeliever or somebody that don't believe in the same values that you believe. So you have to be careful before you yoke yourself with someone who is not in agreement with you. Come on, somebody. The Bible says, how can two walk together unless they agree? If you keep talking about how much somebody hate me and don't like me and you always with them, I'm going to just assume you don't like me either. Because you walking with them, and that's how God is. God said, if you're going to keep walking with them unbelievers, apparently you keep saying you love me, but you keep walking with somebody who don't love me, so apparently you don't like me. I'm just making it practical and plain. Look here. Your spouse will also affect the quality of life you have. Think about it. If you choose to marry someone who doesn't believe in financial prosperity, it's going to affect your life. If they have a broke, busted, poverty mentality, it's going to hold you back from going where God has called you to be. I'm trying to talk to somebody. Look at single people should use their time alone to grow in the love of God and allow him to teach them how to love themselves and others in a godly manner. There may be critical areas in a single person's life that need to be developed or restored before getting married. This will, uh, <laughs> this will uh, avoid having extra baggage in the marriage as a result of unresolved issues. For instance, if you're a compulsive spender, you got a Gucci bag and can't put no money in the bag. Huh? You got some fresh Gucci shoes, but no suit to go with it. You, you, you need to get that under control. Come on, somebody. If you, if you got a problem with lust, you need to get that under control. Now, of course, you can work out stuff together, but it's better to work it out in the beginning because the more whole you are coming with, together with another a whole person, it'll kill some issues. Oh, come on, somebody. That's why you have to, I encourage single people to allow the Holy Spirit to lead them to wholeness before they consider marriage. Get yourself together first. I mean, I hate hearing people talking about, ooh, I'm going to get this car when I get married. Well, if you can't get it now. What you waiting on me for? If you can't get it in your singleness, you don't need to get it yoked with me. <laughs> I'm just keeping it 100. Everybody want to do all this stuff when they get married, but that they can't do on their own now. I ain't worried about no amen. I don't care. <laughs> Wholeness is having peace with who you are. There's nothing missing or broken in your life. Therefore, you are not trying to fill a void that only God can fill. Instead of you settled, instead of you are settled in your relationship with him and have accepted his love for you, you know he is your source, not people or things, and you depend on him only. In other words, Jesus fulfills you, everything you need. So there's no place, uh, there's no need or place to, uh, to, un, to, un, to, 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 to give un do pressure to somebody to make you happy and fulfill your needs. In fact, it's unfair for you to try to make somebody fulfill your needs when God's supposed to fulfill your needs. Can I tell you something? If they're not happy by themselves, they're not going to be happy with you. 
If they don't like themselves, they not going to like you. You have to learn how to love yourself and understand that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Stop calling yourself weird. You unique and you made all by yourself. Nobody has your fingerprints. Nobody has your giftedness. And if they can't appreciate you for who you are, you better walk away. If I could sing like Whitney, I'd say, oh my God, share my life. Take me for what I am because I'm not going to change all my colors for you. Oh, no, baby. If you can't accept me for who I am, come on, somebody, then you got to walk away. In fact, I'll walk away first. Oh, come on, somebody. You better stop trying to be with people always trying to change you, always trying to make you into somebody else when God made you uniquely all by yourself. Nobody can be who you are. And if you can't appreciate me for me, baby, then... Oh, yeah, baby. Every. I'm trying to talk to somebody. Appreciate the Zeta energy because I think I was tiptoeing around this this morning. I don't know what it is. Thank you for the power. Hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> God has to be your source. Many people desire to get married because they believe their identity is confirmed by a mate. That's not true. God made men and women to complement each other, not to define each other. Be sure you know who God is and who you are in God. See, the reason, you know how some people, they like something every now and then, and they like somebody else because they like what they knew boo like. When you saw walk watching football, when my boo did... <laughs> now, ain't, no, ain't nothing wrong with going somewhere you don't want to go sometimes to compromise with the person you like or love or whatnot. It's, that's good. But don't just act like you love it because they like it. Be who you are. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. And the reason why you keep changing like a chameleon every time you're around somebody some of y'all take the shape and form of whatever relationship you're in because you don't know who God is and you don't know who God is in you. You have to know who you are and understand your purpose before you connect with somebody else. The same way with your business. You can't bring in COOs and CFOs and you just started your business. They're going to get on your nerve because you got to feel through it and figure out what you want to do with your business. You don't need anybody coming in as chief operation officer and you just started your business yesterday. You don't even know how you want to operate yet. They're going to get on your nerve. And the same way in your relationship, folk getting on your nerve because you don't know who you are. If you knew who you were, you would have known, no, go on by, baby. You ain't it. You ain't it. Oh, no, you ain't it. You will know what to let pass you by. But because you don't know you, you don't know what you want. Mm, let me go on somewhere. You got to let God define who you are before you enter into a serious relationship. If you don't allow your identity to be defined by God, you'll become desperate to find a mate. Ultimately, dismiss the word and forfeit the successful relationship God has for you. 
establish your identity by studying the Word of God and finding out what he has to say about you. Hmm? Psalm 25, 14 speaks of the sweet, satisfying companionship of the Lord. I'm a firm believer in the importance of having a strong personal relationship with Jesus Christ before getting married. This is accomplished by communing with him in prayer and studying his word on a daily basis. This is a critical aspect of marriage pre preparation. Again, I want to stress to single people that even on your spouse's best day, he or she will never fulfill you like Jesus can. When we replace Jesus with another person, we will always walk away feeling disappointed. You know why? Because God told you he a jealous God. He ain't going to never let your boo please you if you put your boo before him. Your boo has become an idol. Some of us are so desperate to get married that marriage has become an idol. Ooh, I, I, look, women, it's funny. When y'all turn 29, by turn that oh, Lord, ain't marriage yet. You still young, girl. But I'm, I'm about to be 30. Oh, Lord, I ain't got no kids yet. It don't matter. That's not what defines you. God has made you fearfully and wonderfully. He has a call for you. And the reason why you ain't connected to who you need to connect with is because who God has for you is so powerful, he ain't got through developing him yet. You got to stop rushing. Oh, come on, somebody. I want a Bentley, but I don't want a Bentley before it's finished on the assembly line. Got a fresh Bentley with no doors on it. They ain't finished making it, but you driving off like you balling. Yeah. See, some of y'all be trying to orchestrate your own stuff, pulling people out of the oven too quick. If somebody didn't give you their number, stop calling them. That's, that's you a stalker. It's not godly. That might have been for me more than anybody, but I'm telling you. <laughs> well, stop. <laughs> you let, some of y'all let some of y'all married because somebody kept calling y'all. Y'all just said, okay, I do. Stop. You let nobody force you down there. <laughs> Look here. God's word offers a wealth of knowledge where relationships and marriage are concerned. In every relationship, we should always make the word of God our foundation. In order to establish healthy relationships, it is imperative that we allow the teachings of the Bible to be our standard, never compromise. God gives us clear guidelines that if followed will help us build successful relationships and healthy marriages. Developing healthy friendship with those of the opposite sex can, can become difficult if you are constantly thinking of them as potential mates instead of friends. How you know you're going to marry somebody the first day you meet them? Girl, I love him. He the one. Y'all ain't been to Chick-fil-A but one time. Dude, she the one. Wow, when she walked by, I seen what level. Ooh, I'm telling you, she the one. Dude, I don't care how fine they are. They can be a brick house. The brick house is going to sag eventually. I'm just saying. 
Now, you might not want no segment in the beginning. I mean, start off right. <laughs> but I'm just saying. See, you, you, you got to, in other words, single people shouldn't become so desperate for marriage that they are willing to dismiss the process of establishing healthy relationships. When single people make seeking God their top priority, he will assist them in discovering the right relationship. Matthew 6.33 says, but seek ye the kingdom first, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. All these things, your house, your car, your, your job, your spouse, your husband, your wife, all these things will be added if you seek him first. If you seek his face and not his hand, he'll give you all the blessing he has for you. Stop chasing money. Stop chasing men. Stop chasing women. When you chase God, all them things will begin to chase you because God will give you an abundant life, a good measure blessing, crest down, shake it together, and run it over. I ain't got to chase nobody. I chase God. Yeah. You better tell him right now, I ain't going to be chasing you, brother man, because I can't lose with the stuff Jesus give me to use. I am a virtuous woman, and oh, you better hear me right now. You better let her know I'm a godly man. I ain't going to chase you forever because God. Whoosh. I don't understand it. The same way God will bless you with a house, he'll bless you with man. I don't know why people get so desperate in this area. God is the author and finisher of your faith. He who began a good work in you shall finish it. You stop trying to finish it. Stop taking all this foolishness because you just want, don't want to be by yourself. You better learn how to fellowship with God and learn how to commune with him and let him satisfy you. I don't care how thirsty you are. When you find that man or woman, you still going to be thirsty. You still going to need something to drink because at the end of the day, if you don't have Jesus to quench that thirst, you're going to be thirsty no matter how fine she is, no matter how rich he is, no matter how successful he is, no matter how romantic he is, no matter how sexy she looks, you're going to still be thirsty with your thirsty self. <laughs> Ushers, bring them some water. They need some water over here. <laughs> they need some water. <laughs> oh, God. Hey, you have to pray. It, it's the Zeta's fault because at 8 o'clock, I was good one. At 8 o'clock, I was, I was real. I was very poised. It's, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> See, first of all, you, you have to pray for what you want in a mate. Be very specific with God and release your faith where those things are concerned. Don't get busy looking for that person after you pray. Simply make sure you are in the will of God. The Bible says it's not good for man to be alone, but he only said it after Adam knew his purpose. 
Y'all don't hear me. He, he didn't put Adam to sleep to find, ooh. Oh, help me right here, Holy Ghost. Adam didn't even see Eve. God put him to sleep in a trance, and then he found Eve. Oh, y'all don't hear me right now. Some of y'all too woke looking for folks, stalking folks with your eyes wide open looking for folks, and you keep finding the wrong person. Looking for love in all the wrong places. Looking for love. <laughs> yeah, you keep on. Let God find it. Tell him what you want, but commune with him. He had, he had Adam named the animals. He, he named the monkey. He named the giraffe. He named the lion. He, he, named, he named all the different animals. He even named the dog white people, but he didn't choose it as a mate. <laughs> Keep it in one. I'm just saying, they love dogs. You all know they love dogs. Lick them in the face. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, he knew. What not to pick? Some of y'all got us a did a giraffe. Huh? Ignorant orangutan. But still satisfied because you just don't want to be by yourself. Some of y'all got a slithering snake. Oh, keep it at 100. But because... You didn't want to be by yourself because he said, if you're lonely now, wait until tonight. He got you. Leave that worldly mess alone. God shall fulfill all of your needs. He'll find you the right man. He'll find you the right woman. You just need to get in his will and stop being so daggone desperate. Jesus, I don't know, 8, 11, y'all got more problem at 8 o'clock. I ain't had to preach it all at 8. Jesus, y'all got me sweating. Lord, help them. <laughs> I heard you over there, party group, I heard you. See, when we seek God, he knows how to connect us to the right people. My advice to single people is to stay in faith no matter how things look or what statistics show and fight the temptation to get desperate. Statistics, see, sometimes women, I apologize, sometimes y'all are a little more desperate than men because y'all keep looking at these statistics. Oh, in Atlanta, they say 63% of women ain't going to get married. Oh, they say it's, 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 it's more women in the world than men and you get desperate. If God could feed a multitude of people, if he can feed 5,000, in fact, in the Bible, just to keep it real and exegete the text, they, was only, they, didn't, they only counted men back then. So it was 5,000 men there, but with women and children, it probably was 7,000, 8,000 votes. Come on, somebody. If he could feed 5,000 plus folk with two fish and five loaves of bread. Oh, y'all ain't hear me. Two fish and five loaves of bread, he can bring you who you're supposed to be with if you patient and seek ye first the kingdom. Y'all don't hear me. 
I don't know about y'all, but when I get through preaching, I be hungry. And if Jesus ain't in here and you tell me we're going to eat and you come in here with two fish and five loaves of bread, I'm going to shoot you. Right? Unless God going to touch it in the spirit. But if Jesus came down here with, come on, somebody. If you really prayed up in your life, you don't worry about statistics because statistics don't have anything to do with you because the Bible says that he'll open up the windows of heaven and pour the blessing you won't have room to receive. Oh, y'all don't hear me right now. Your blessing will come out of nowhere. You don't, ah. See, you, instead of getting tempted to be desperate, Devote yourself to God. When you begin to love and serve the Lord with all your might, you will enjoy your current season of singleness while expecting God to do marvelous things in your life. He will give you the desires of your heart. See, this is the thing. There's no way in my mind that I would have been able to handle that church on Tav Lane if I was married. Because that church on Tad Lane was crazy. And if that church would have talked to my wife the way they talked to me, I would have been in the daily press for real reason. Hey. Huh? I'm keeping it 100. You can talk to me all you want. Talk to my family. Talk to my wife. You talk to me. You can talk about me all you want. I ain't going to say nothing. But... You, a covenant relationship, and you act the fool, oh, it's a wrap. And God said he'll never put more than you you can bear. And the Bible says, blessed is a man who's married, but his heart is on his wife, which is supposed to be. But it said, blessed more is a man who's single because his eyes are on the Lord. If you're really living right. Yeah, yeah, y'all missing it. So my thing is this. Can I tell you something? Can I talk to the preachers? And I don't care what you say. I ain't married, but I know the word of God. I'm going to help some of y'all out. The reason why preachers get divorced so much is because you keep thinking you're supposed to be the one taking care of the church. It's Jesus' job to take care of the church. Let me talk to you. Let me talk to the deacons. Some deacons had got mad back in the day when I split their duties up. But I realized a lot of them had a lot of duties. But they did it because they didn't want to go home. You're not going to be using pastor as no excuse. Oh, why you ain't going? I'm at church. Uh-uh, you ain't going to have your wife trying to kill me because you ain't. No, you. Because your first ministry is your wife or your husband. Now, can let me talk to Mary folks. You can't come to everything at Newbies Grove all the time because your first line of ministry is your spouse. Look, newbies grow up. Y'all be calling me late. Y'all always doing something at the last minute. Y'all a real black church. Y'all have events because, you know, I don't micromanage nothing. Y'all will call me on Tuesday talking about we got something on Tuesday. I make it now because I ain't got nothing to do. I'm married. I ain't coming. You better let me know a week in advance. They're going to be getting me in trouble because y'all late. Can I stop putting everything before your marriage? That is a covenant relationship. Now, the church, because I'm by myself, 
I'm not married. The church is my first priority because I'm in covenant relationship with the church. But when you get married, preachers, stop getting divorced because you got to go to everything. I ain't going to everything. You ain't got to be there. Pastor ain't here. They want to have about 30 Christmas parties. You better have one. Leave me alone. <laughs> the same vote here. The deaconess wanted it. The deacon wanted it. The trustee wanted it. <laughs> That's the whole thing. See, church folk, when people see your marriage is healthy, that helps the church grow. Because they see your happiness, and when they see you walking in godly covenant, that helps the church. You ain't even got to do much evangelism because they see your life, and they want that. And they realize, oh, y'all don't hear me right now. You keep putting things and everything before your covenant relationship. No, your wife, your husband is first. The bride of Christ is the church, not you. Anyway, I had to help some preachers. Because they be having too many meetings in one week. I'm like, man, five days. Look, man, you can do this in two days. I'm trying to help y'all. Some of you all need to understand that are already in a covenant relationship. Your covenant relationship, your husband, your wife is first. All right? God, your marriage. Yes, go to church. Church, you're supposed to go and forsake not the assembly of yourselves together, but that don't mean you got to go seven days a week. I'm trying to help somebody because sometimes the church has been guilty of messing up marriages because people make you feel all bad. Like, like y'all, I'm going to keep y'all. Y'all cool. I'm glad y'all look so happy. You got your little white on, little pink on. Look at y'all. They so cute. They drive all the way from a husky. And she, she sent me an email or a text message. She said, I can't make it to this because we come all the way from a husky. I'm like, good. Stay there. Don't come all the way up here for every meeting we got. Your husband, your wife, that's what y'all supposed to take care of, your covenant relationship. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to help somebody. Let me go back to my sermon. I had to help some folk, some married folk that be putting church before their marriage, putting the club before their marriage. I'm going to hit everything. I didn't hit the church. I'm going to hit everything. Put golf before your marriage. Huh? Put shopping before your marriage. Yep, I'm going to hit all y'all and I hit the church. Your marriage is your covenant ministry. That's why you have to be careful of who you marry because if it don't complement where you're going, y'all will hold each other back. But let me go back to what I was talking about. I forgot what I was talking about. <clears throat> Oh, yeah. Primarily, one of the first things you want to know before choosing a mate is whether or not he or she is a Christian. 2 Corinthians 6.14 says, believers should not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Right? Unfortunately, I have counseled Christians who are convinced that God told them to marry someone who was not a Christian. This type of thinking opposes the scriptures, and God never opposes his word. If you are a Christian, God requires you to marry another Christian. No expectation. God said heaven and earth shall pass away. God said even where he living, going to pass away. But his word would never return unto him void. He would never go against his word. You can't be walking around here as a Christian connecting yourself with unbelievers. I know y'all want, guess who? Coming home to dinner, if you marry somebody white, somebody black, somebody orange, it don't matter. 
What matters is, do, are they in the same faith as you? I don't care. People going to get mad. I don't care. People don't like me already. I don't care. See, that's why when you're dating, you have to make sure that special someone is living according to the Word of God. This will protect you from a lot of confusion and disappointment down the road. Right? You have your job is to edify each other. But you can't be edified with your spouse if they're not a Christian because Jesus is not the sinner. If two or more of you are gathered in my name, I'm in the midst. Just because two or three there, it don't mean anything if you both not centered around Jesus. One can set a thousand flight, two can set 10,000. He's talking about two believers, not one believer and one unbeliever. I know you're getting quiet. Because you're unbeliever at home now watching TV <laughs> while you at church. I don't care. I'm out here now. I'm out here. I'm going to walk on this water. See, you won't be able to connect spiritually if Jesus ain't the center. And if your belief system don't align, there are going to be conflicts. See, also, if you marry another Christian, you still need to find somebody on your same level. If you... If you've been a Christian for years and you marry somebody who just got the baptism pool, you're going to have some problems because they're not going to understand the revelations you have. Can I tell you, especially Baptist folk, let me tell you, let me tell you, let me tell y'all a secret since y'all already messing my life up. See, when you fill out applications for Baptist churches back in the day, maybe even still today, they'll have questions on here saying, do you speak in tongues? The answer is yes. But I'm supposed to put no because a lot of Baptist folk don't believe in that. Right? But I do. That's why I walk in power and anointing. Because I believe in playing in the spirit. And if you marry somebody who's not on your level, they're not going to understand the revelation that's coming to you. Iron sharpens iron. Iron and wood don't sharpen each other. The iron going to cut the wood, but the wood going to make the, the iron a little duller. You need somebody that's on the same level as you so y'all can keep sharpening each other and going to the next level. Don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers, but don't you marry a babe in Christ if you mature in Christianity either because God want to take you somewhere nobody has gone before. And if that person can't go with you, you're going to be frustrated. You over here talking about some hot shot and I'm a cool and they talking about some now nah, lay me down to sleep. Pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. <laughs> huh? <laughs> you can't go nowhere with that. <laughs> you trying to move mountains. And they praying nursery rhymes. <laughs> Something wrong with me. I'm gonna preach it again. I'm gonna preach this sermon one more time when the Zetas ain't here. I'm telling you, it's day four. I'm, I'm putting it on them. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> hey, look though, for real. I'm scared to look up. That's why I'm looking down. I don't, need, I don't even need to read this, but I just don't want to look up because they looking like, ah, I'm gonna get you. <laughs> See? <laughs> You can't drag. See, and, and, and men, we do this too, but women do it more than we do. 
You'll marry somebody who's an unbeliever and marry somebody who's not on fire for the Lord and try to drag them to church. It's only going to drive a wedge in your relationship. And can I tell you, stop going home and saying, Pastor said. <laughs> Pastor said that. Nobody want to hear what Pastor said. He already don't want to hear what God say. He definitely don't want to hear what I say. Maybe take him a CD, tell him to listen to the sermon because it was good, but don't go home talking about Pastor said. You making my life messed up. Folk mean mugging me called Pastor said. And I don't even know who he is. Can I tell you something? Don't, no man want to hear what no other man said. So stop getting me in trouble. Shut up. The sermon good, be quiet. Give him a DVD or a CD. All right? Pastor said, and Pastor said it, and ooh, Pastor said it, and Pastor preached, shut up. That's going to keep him from going to church, too. He don't want to hear about some other man every day. He don't care about no Maxwell. He don't care about no pastor. That, that's not helping you. When you go home saying, Pastor said, you're already yoked up with unbelief. Now, some of y'all, you are equally yoked, but you ain't got no ring. So Maxwell Realty will help you go find a house. But if you marry, you, you, you got to work it out. But I'm just keeping it 100. <laughs> You cannot be unequally yoked with unbelievers because you won't be able to go as far as you want to go. See, to much is given, much requires. I know y'all look at some people like, oh, so-and-so blessed. They don't even believe in God because Satan can bless you too. God don't like lukewarm Christians. Satan don't like lukewarm Satan people. So if you stuck in the middle, they don't, you ain't getting blessed by neither one of them. But they both fighting for your soul. And when you totally sold out for God, he going to bless you. You told him, sold out the devil, he's going to bless you. The only thing is, you're going to wake up in hell with him. God, you're going to wake up in eternity in heaven. But either way, on this earth, you can get blessed by either one. But the problem is, I don't want the strings of hell attached to me. And so I don't want to yoke myself with unbeliever, and then I'll be stuck because God don't want a lukewarm Christian. He don't want to bless me because he said, how can you walk with them if you don't agree with them? If they don't like me, how in the world can you be connected to them if they don't like me? I'm sorry. Let me get out of here. I'm, I'm, I'm running out. People don't like me no more. Another component of getting married is respecting, I don't care how old you are, respecting your parents' opinion. You got to listen to them because they're going to see the stuff you ain't seen. They know you better than you know yourself. You know what I'm saying? They, they know. They'll see the stuff because you know when somebody all good and better than sliced bread because you just met them, ooh, mama, he this, ooh, ooh, daddy, he this, ooh, mama, she this, ooh, mama, she that. Because as soon as you break up, he was ugly anyway. <laughs> oh, big lip self. You love them lips when, when, when you were with him. You know what? Oh, big lip self. Oh, ugly self. Because once it's over, you see everything that was wrong. But you miss stuff in them honeymoon times. The newness of it. And, 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 but see, they'll have their, your best interest at heart. Now, of course, sometimes your mom and dad, maybe they'll have a wrong motive. But if, and if you don't have a mom and dad you can talk to, talk, find a godly couple that can give you some insight. And if you, can I tell you something? If you don't want nobody insight, that's your clue. You know something wrong anyway. You know, you know why you didn't bring Ray Ray home. 
You know he out there condominium on, ain't really no condominium, it's a crack house, you know. This is what I'm saying, though. When we don't want to have godly counsel, we already know we don't want it because we don't want to hear what we don't want to hear. Right? Ephesians 6 1 says, Children, do what your parents tell you. This is only right. Honor your father and mother. When you honor your parents, you honestly consider their opinion. You take into account what they say and act on it. The great thing about allowing your parents to give you the thought, because like I said, they, they, they have insight. They see what you don't see. They'll be able to guide you and give you insight into that person's character. Look, when you refuse counsel regarding your relationship, look at this. Let me, let me look at this. This is one of the most gangster scriptures you can ever read. It's just straight up real. Proverbs 15, 22 says, refuse good advice and watch your plans fail. Then he just, that is so shady to me. Go ahead, don't listen to nobody, but watch it fail. Get you some popcorn and watch your own stuff mess up. But it says, take good counsel and watch them succeed. Right? If you are truly interested in establishing a healthy relationship that will last, seek godly counsel. Right? Let me hurry up and get out of here. Lord, have mercy. The dating phase is the time to collect data. It provides a couple with many opportunities to engage in lengthy conversation. Divorce and hurt feelings can be avoided when you ask wise questions and get the necessary information at the beginning of the relationship. Regardless of what today's society says, marriage is meant to be forever. I know some people change wives or they change girlfriends and boyfriends, but at the end of the day, marriage was designed to last forever. That's why it it's wise to be informed before making such a life-changing decision. When we take the time to obtain a substantial amount of detailed information, we are more equipped to make a quality decision, right? A good marriage can be like days in heaven on earth, from what I hear, or it can be like hell on earth. But sometimes people miss it until after they say, I do, because they didn't get wise counsel. Can I tell you something? Even when you old school, you need counsel. I remember one time I was going to tell y'all this story. I told them at 8 o'clock I'm going to walk over here because it might be some of their friends over there. <laughs> they kept telling me to marry this couple. They married this couple. Married this couple. I said, no, nah, I don't think God, so I'm talking to you, I don't think God told me to marry them. But no, 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 you know I was younger then. You know, I ain't had no salt and pepper at all. And then they had no Beijing. I ain't need no Beijing because I was like 37. And, and they wanted me to marry them. They kept wanting me to marry Oh, no, 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 no. No, you young. You ain't never been married before. You don't know. So I went ahead and married them. Divorced in two weeks. They were old, so everybody thought they knew what they needed. But can I tell you something? You got to heed to godly counsel. You got to get to know people because the little things is what break you up. You can get mad because you be like, I don't like the way they chew. Have you ever not liked the way somebody chew? You got to eat every day. And sometimes you got to understand it's not the big things that mess up marriages. It's little things. Then you get somebody that don't know how to take care of money. Money is the number one reason for divorce. Let me get this out of here. See, you got to collect the data, get to know the person, and stop rushing to get married. Now, you don't, it don't take 30 years either. But what I'm saying is, Receive what God has for you by being patient and getting to know him first. See, however it is, look at it. I'm going to give you this. It's important to be thankful where you are at this time. 
enjoy your single life and use it as an opportunity to get closer to God and discover his will for your life. Begin to enjoy your uniqueness and everything special about you. You are not weird. You are unique. Stop letting people make you feel bad for how God made you. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. God made you differently to express himself through you. God is infinite. We are finite. So everything about you is God. Everything about me is God. Everything about them is God because God is so vast. He said he made us in his image, but all of us are in his image. No matter how differently we look, he made you for his pleasure. How dare you let somebody put you down and talk you down and pull your self-esteem down, but you won't take that stuff when you get to know him and you allow him to show you who you are in him. Let me get this. Well, y'all had these questions. I'm going to go ahead and go through this because even though these questions are kind of designed for single people, if you marry and you haven't answered these questions, this will help you too. It will help strengthen and enhance your marriage. I'm going to go through these questions and I'm going to sit down because we've been here for a long time today. We used to not be here that long first time visitors, but they, they dance, they sing, they did everything. Y'all couldn't dance and sing at the same time? My God. My Jesus. They dance, they sang, they... They had another mini sermon before the sermon. I'm like, my God, what Jesus Christ. They got thir- three sermons. Quiet, praise to you. Like, it wasn't me, it ain't me. Man, let me go through these questions. So we had a whole <laughs> sitcom show or something. <laughs> the Newbies Grove show. <laughs> Not for real. Now look, record the answer to the question. Look, listen, listen. Now, somebody, y'all email, some people here were emailing me asking me the answers. I don't know your boo. These questions are for you. We emailed them out. If you're online and you need a copy of these, of these questions, uh, hit us at info at willamaxwell.org and I'll make sure you get them. Is he or she a Christian of the Christian faith? What kind of Christian is he or she? Is this person truly committed to loving and obeying God? Are we compatible where spiritual things are concerned? Do we agree on the major doctrines of the Bible, salvation, healing, deliverance, speaking in tongues? If you don't believe in deliverance, I can't be around you. You don't believe in healing, speaking in tongues. Do we agree on the church we will attend? It's hard to be married and y'all going to two different churches. Do we agree on where we will spend our time and money? Can I trust this person? Has this person given me any reason not to trust anything he or she has said or done? Ooh, it got quiet on that one. I heard the ooh. I hope I ain't mess up somebody. How does he or she handle adversity? Does this person believe in God or does he or she fail, fall into unbelief regularly? Have I ever seen this person angry? Has he or she been angry with me? Are we able to resolve conflict in a biblical way? Do you understand that you can be in an argument without cussing each other out? You do know that, right? Like, and can I tell you this too? If you've been around somebody for a long time and y'all ain't never disagreed on nothing, leave because they fake. I'm telling you, if you ain't had not one disagreement, I ain't saying it. See, see, I think we don't, some of us miss it because we think disagreement means you have to be disrespectful. You don't have to be disrespectful when you have a disagreement. Y'all can argue and still be nice. I'm just saying. Was forgiveness granted or was the issue just swept under the rug? Does he have the means to provide for me? Do I have the means to provide for her? You know, as I ain't asking, she got me to take care of you because you both take care of the woman. Right? Now, she do need to have a job first. 
You can quit your job in a while with me. I don't care, but I'm saying I need to know you can take care of yourself. If something happened to me, I need you to go get a job. Huh? Cause if you go get another dude in there, they I'm coming to get you, I'm going to hunt you. <laughs> Ooh, that was <laughs> it's, I'm just playing. I'm serious though. Is he or she responsible with money? Is he or she good, it's a good example of Christianity? What issues do we agree or disagree on? Do I feel pressured to have sex? Does he or she listen to me and consult me before making decisions? You got to have somebody to value your opinion because you're going to be the one riding with them all the time. Does he or she respect me? Does this person have control over his or her sex drive? You know what they say, you can't make that a housewife, you can't make that a husband either. I'm just saying, it's, it's something they use in the garden, a shovel or, you know, I figured out. Y'all figure it out when you go home with your kids in here. Yeah. It's a shovel, yeah, yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> Is the person truly open to my input? Is there a mutual submission? Let me help you here. The Bible does say, wives submit to your husbands. But it also says, men love your wives as Christ loves the church. That's mutual submission. Christ died for the church. Now, don't let her kill you. But you have to die to yourself to make sure that you take care of her. Right? So that's mutual submission. If somebody gets that way all the time and one person never gets that way, that's demonic. That's not a relationship. One of y'all Absalom or one of y'all Jezebel. If you always get in your way, that's not good. If you always not get in your way, that's not good. It should be a compromise. All right? Have we resolved conflicts lovingly? How does he or she treat other people? Have I dated this person long enough to have an idea of what he or she struggled with every day? Catch this. Can I live with the areas in which he or she is not doing very well in? Right? All right, I'm just saying, see what you can deal with. Is this a giving person or is he or she selfish? Remember, you cannot serve a selfish God with a selfish person. 31, do we communicate effectively? 32, is he or she my best friend? 33, is he or she divorced? If so, is there an understanding about why she he or she divorced? Did they kill him? Did they kill him what? I don't know. <laughs> now, I'm serious. But you need to understand all those and when you begin to go through these things and begin to deal with people in a practical way, because a lot of times we want to be like, we want to just be so spiritual all the time, but life is practical. The Bible says first the natural, then the spiritual. Do some common sense stuff, and God will begin to take care of you spiritually. Take care of it spiritually, he'll take care of you naturally. You have to handle both sides of it. Amen.